Okay, so I know I'm a little late in releasing this episode, but I had a long week, guys. I had two shoot days. I know, two days of work, um, but also a lot of auditions and a lot of other stuff going on. And it's funny because there's a lot of downtime on set usually, and the two shoots I had this week did not have any downtime really. So we were working for you know 10 plus hours a day plus drive time. But the thing is about even on shoots where there is a lot of downtime, it's still exhausting. Like I will come home from a shoot where I didn't do much for 90% of the day, but stare at the snack table, which if you saw my Instagram story, you'll, um, you'll get the joke, but I kind of liken it to being at a party because every day you're on set, you don't know anyone there. So you're talking to new people, you're interacting with new people, you're making small talk, you're talking about where you grew up and how you got into modeling and you know, who your agent is and all these various conversations that they're not necessarily tiring, but you're not comfortable. And at the same time, you're at this quote unquote party where you have a job to do and you never know when you're going to be called to do that job. So you're always at the ready. So shoot days can be super exhausting. And I mean, that's no excuse to not get this podcast out on time, but This was a great conversation with Emily Valdez about a lot of things we touched on were about consistency versus the sort of what I like to call mercenary work of modeling, where it's a day here, a day there. But more on that later. The other big news this week is that both the other podcasts that I recorded um, previously came out. One is called 1000 Failures, Becoming an Actor. And in that episode of that podcast, my friend Darius and I talk about the intersection of modeling and acting, which tend to go hand in hand in LA here. But also we talked about some really relatable stuff about just hunting fear and chasing down the things you want versus the resistance that keeps you from uh, obtaining them. And if you guys haven't read Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art, I highly suggest you pick it up because he explains it much better than I can. But it's still a cool episode. So, you know, look that up on iTunes. And the other podcast I... I was on, it's a funny story because I came up with the idea for this podcast and the name Model Behavior, and then I, you know, hesitantly looked on iTunes to see just how many modeling podcasts there were and what I was up against, and I was simultaneously relieved and horrified to realize that there was only one podcast about modeling, which is crazy because there are so many podcasts about acting and, you know, whatever else, there's everything out there. But the one podcast about modeling was called Model Behavior. And it makes sense because it's a perfect name. So I chose to just sort of own it, change the name of this podcast technically to Model Behavior with Michael G. Gable and hope that we could share the space together. And then I got a DM from that podcast and I was very scared to open it because I thought it was a cease and desist letter. But It wasn't. It was actually an invitation to be on um, the Model Behavior podcast. So Aviva and I had an amazing conversation about, you know, sort of my origin story. And it's almost as if I was interviewed on my own podcast, which was a very cool way to sort of turn the tables on myself. 
And I was really inspired because both Darius and Aviva were incredible hosts and it it really challenged me to up my game. So I spent a lot of time editing this podcast. Not that Emily needed any editing, but I just wanted to make sure the quality was great because she's such a resource here. This is a this is a great conversation. I've known Emily for eight years. She's Mike Smolo's wife, who I had on the last the last podcast, and she's been a model at Wilhelmina, which, if you know anything about LA agencies, is a top agency. And she's been there for eight years, and we have very different stories. You know, she started modeling at a very young age in a small market, and then moved to LA at a very young age. And um, when we had this conversation, you know, she was the age I was when I started modeling. But by now, she has already gotten married and got a dog and bought a house and done renovations to that house. And, you know, she's someone who it, it would be very easy to envy or even resent if she wasn't so damn pleasant. She's just a lovely person. And it's going to come through when you guys listen to this podcast because we recorded in her, you know, outdoor open air studio space that her and Mike just got finished redoing. And um, she gave me a glass of organic sparkling red wine and the birds were chirping and it was just um it was just a great time because like I said I've known Emily for 8 years but we've never just sat down and talked one on one like this and I learned so much about her and I always knew she was a, an amazing person and a, a really strong model but I didn't know the depths of it so I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this conversation because I listened to it five times over by now already and I'm still picking up tips and tricks and just ways to be a better person and a better model because uh, she's a true inspiration. So I'm going to stop talking and just let you guys listen. So enjoy Emily Valdez. Have you heard of a thing called vocal fry? Vocal fry. Yes. I'm going to talk like this. Yeah. It's basically like valley girl speak. But it's anyone can have it. It can just be, it's like what I'm doing right now. But it's like a, it's a cultural thing. It's like a dialect that people have developed. Is it? Yeah. I, I heard it on NPR. They were talking about it. Yeah. And now I can never unhear it. Yeah. Even in my own voice. It, no, like at the end no, of, I do. at the end of my phrase i'll hear yeah. my like right now i think that's vocal uh, fry yeah it's when you draw out the final syllable and it's like sort of raspy <laughs> it's yeah it's kind of yes. like dumb girl speak to, yes. to put it rudely yes but yeah just keep the microphone kind of close okay um mike was your husband was a great guest but he was a real crazy daisy crazy daisy. With, yeah he's doing kind that. of like yeah. and like gesturing yeah so, got it yeah so just keep it close to your face um but I'm super glad you're here. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me. I couldn't have it any other way than to have Mike and Emily back to back, the dynamic yeah. duo. Yeah. You guys are just two like different perspectives. Power couple. Sure thing. Um, are you ready? Do you know what's coming? <laughs> oh, if it's what you messaged me about, I'm nope, excited nope. to talk about. Well, oh. the first question for every mm-hmm. podcast: What were you doing when you were seven years old? Open ended. Just what does seven remind you of? I was begging. My mom. In the streets. <laughs> this is going to be a weird one, guys. <laughs> I was begging. Um, no, I was uh, I was begging my mom to model. Really? Begging. Really? Yeah. I didn't know what... I didn't know what it involved. And 
I don't really think there was an ego attached. I mean, there isn't at seven. Yeah. Um, but it just sounded really fabulous and really cool. Yeah. And you were in Minnesota? Yeah. So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. So it's like you don't know a lot of models growing up in the Midwest, or I didn't, you know? No, and you don't think of it as a career path or anything lucrative. I mean, you're seven. Yeah. You're just like, ooh. You know, my sister would dress me up, actually, and put makeup on me. Yeah. She's 14 years older than I am. Oh, interesting. And so she would be like, you're a supermodel. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. But the word super is in it. So it sounds cool. So like you're a hero. Yeah. Were you like, so seven is like when girls and boys are starting to like have crushes and like, we're going to get married, you know, that kind of stuff. Were Mm -hmm. you like the pretty girl, the like... Um, no, I, I mean, I think I was kind of geeky like I had big big teeth that yeah. my face didn't really grow into yeah those strong features that pay off now yeah it's yeah. it's funny because it's funny because I begged to model and it like worked out it's interesting because so I just did a podcast about acting and he was asking me about like why I'm interested in acting and I was like when I was a little kid there are two things I wanted to be either a jet pilot because I saw Top Gun and I was like I want to fly jets yeah or an actor yeah and I was in St. Louis and like knew nothing about being an actor like or what, what? it involved. But yeah. there was just something that was like, I want that. No way. I want to do that. After, so it's interesting yeah. that you, and I never, I mean, models to me were women when I was a kid, I think. You For know? sure. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But you're begging to be a model. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea what it entailed. I was also heavy into, <laughs> I wanted to be a fashion designer. Okay. So I was drawing and make, making little dolls and making clothes, cutting them out, putting yeah. them on the dolls. Um, really into that, had a store called Fashion Remix. A real store? Or? Uh, a paper store, okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, a paper store. I love doing that just like as a hobby. Yeah. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm going to model. I don't know what that is or what that means, but that's what I want to do. Yeah. So how, how long did it take before you started modeling? When did your mom give in to your begging? Yeah. So like my mom's not a stage mom at all. Yeah. Um, she grew up on a farm, so... She yellow paged it and, you know, looked into modeling agencies in Minneapolis. So I was eight, eight years old when she was like, okay. Didn't take long. No, (laughs) because I I was persistent and I, I, you know, knew what I wanted at seven. No, so she, you know, yellow paged it. We did the whole like interviewing schools, like modeling schools where you pay, Mm -hmm. you know, a handsome price and mm-hmm. they do your headshots and like, yeah. you can take this class to learn how to walk and totally total scam, total scam. Yep. And luckily we did not go that route. We always kind of felt a little weird about it. Yeah. Um, but we found this agency in Minneapolis who is still my mother agency really to this day, years, years later, um, which is really cool actually. Cause they've been through the whole, like the ringer with me. Yeah. What's um, their name? Give them a shout out. Karen's 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 with a C. Ooh. Yeah, um, I still am in contact with them today. Yeah. Pretty infrequent, but they they placed me with my agency now. But back to being eight years old. Yeah, so they were like, no, you don't need to do the schooling thing. You just need to go see a photographer, get some headshots, and Mm -hmm. we like your look. Mm -hmm. You know, a little, like, ethnically ambiguous brunette girl in Minnesota is kind of a a rare, rare thing. So they saw something in me, I guess. I feel like all seven, seven, eight-year-olds are cute. Well, did you, so did you like charge in the door? Like, my name is Emily. I want to be a model. (laughs) I don't remember. I think my mom kind of, we had set up a meeting with them and we walk in and they were like, okay, you need to get some headshots. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, okay, like step number one, yeah. that's what you do. And you're excited about it. You're like, great, I was like, go do it. In. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm all in. See, I could never have done that. I mean, I remember my parents, I begged to go to karate classes. And my parents took me to karate classes and they gave me my gi, my like karate outfit. And they go change in this room. And I just started crying. Cause I was, really? I was so shy. Like, I couldn't do anything. I was an only really? child for most of yes. my life until I was 13. Yes. And I just like, I knew, would know what I wanted, but then I don't know what it was. Like, I was yeah. so used to being on my own and like in my comfortable little environment in my totally. house. I think that's just being a kid kind of and, yeah. and, and going through experiences. Like I was in dance when I was like from four to maybe like four to seven. Yeah. And my siblings still kind of make fun of me because they're like, you had such a future. And I'm like, I was a kid, right. but they're like, no, really like you were front and center and all this stuff. But I went to a dance class one day, I think I was probably seven mm -hmm. and something freaked me out. Like, and I never went back. Yeah. And they were like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm seven. I don't know. I'm just scared. I'm all of a sudden, what's wrong? I'm seven. <laughs> I can't express my feelings. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. It's, yeah. I think for me, like walking in, um, you know, my mom was holding my hand through it and I'm the youngest of four. So I mm -hmm. think I kind of had to, was kind of scrappy from the beginning sure. and had a lot of self-confidence just from having older siblings and them kind of going through, you know, stuff like that, like going into a karate class or, yeah, yeah. or, you know, joining the soccer team or whatever. Yeah. So you got headshots and you were just off and running doing, I would imagine this is like the catalog days, like <laughs> true paper catalogs. Yes. You know, yes. Coles, that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. Cat, like paper mailers. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my first audition, I was eight and I got to skip school in second grade mm -hmm. and it was for American Girl. Do you know what that is? Oh yeah. Yeah. American Girl Dolls. Yeah. The audition, it was like over a hundred girls uh -huh. and I had my little paper comp card yeah. with my headshots. Oh my God, but it's adorable. <laughs> and I remember the audition, I walk in and I just kind of sat at a table with this older woman and she asked me some questions. Mm -hmm. and, and when you were a kid, were you very aware of the fact that you were a kid and like people were talking kind of down to you? I don't know if I was or not. I think the difference between you and I is that you had those older siblings. So you probably had a lot more like gregariousness and like mm. gumption whereas like I would have just froze up in that situation no matter what like, yeah and that's probably what allowed you to start at eight whereas I started <laughs> at 25 that's so interesting it's a big difference it's interesting because I don't remember in those early years ever being scared or afraid or yeah. shy which is and, and again like there's no ego associated when you're that young like right. I didn't think I was pretty I was just like this is something I want to do yeah so I'm gonna do it so like I was sitting at a table with this woman and she for this audition and uh, our casting, and she was just asking me questions. I just remember her kind of looking down at me and kind of like, you know, nodding her mm -hmm. head and being really sweet. And I was like, I'm a kid. Like, she's, you know, talking to me. But it sounds like you were precocious because you were aware yeah. of like a power differential. Fully. And yeah. I, again, I think that's from like having older siblings. For sure. But um, I ended up booking it, yeah. my first audition. And my agency was so proud of me. They were like, you're one of how many girls and they wanted you. Mm -hmm. And uh, the shoot was pretty... Uh, lavish and luxurious for an eight-year-old got to skip school again yep it was fully a dream it was i mean american girl dolls are like yeah. expensive big dolls for totally girls, right? yeah. we couldn't afford them yeah like, i got the generic whatever yeah. second-hand version of it so getting paid as eight-year-old didn't have a concept yeah, it's a dream of that job kind of money yeah and that must totally must have just boosted your confidence like i wanted to do this i did it but my first job dream job yes and so there's this thing <laughs> Like Malcolm Gladwell talks about, I think it's called the Matthew principle, but it's like people who have success early on, it mm. just compounds. Interesting. So like hockey players who have early birthdays are bigger kids. So they get put on yes. the select team 
early, yes. and then they have like a 500% better chance of being in the NHL. No Because they got way. a tiny advantage early, sure. and it just kept growing. And you're just like driving. And... So you were just off and running. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember leaving the shoot and kind of gazing out the window and asking my mom, like, Mom, do you think I'll ever get to do anything like that ever again? Uh-huh. It was such a dream, and I felt so... But yeah, with, with that success, I felt really lucky to be in that position you know it wasn't like oh of course I got that it was more like what are the odds that I actually that worked and um I'll never forget that like staring out the window of Minneapolis like oh what a dream like I hope someday yeah yeah, yeah, (laughs) hope someday this will happen again and and yeah so here we are obviously it was a dream to get to play with American Girl Dolls and get paid for it and fulfill this desire in you but totally what about being on set and actually modeling Mm. reinforced that initial seeing and being, I want to do that without Mm. even knowing what it entailed. I just thought it was so cool that I had started kind of a job early on. That was kind of my motivation. And it kind of became less of this lavish thing because obviously, you know, it's not a very, a lot of our job is not very luxurious. It's not all American girl dolls. No. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it never is. I peaked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I think the cool thing for me growing up in middle school and high school modeling was um the fact that i was leaving school to work right and i felt really cool that i stepping out of sixth period or whatever mm-hmm. got a job and what know? did your friends think about that was there any like jealousy or did you feel a little bit of ego creeping in or no i think honestly well in in the early like elementary years i was definitely very braggadocious like i would bring my you know cows into school mm-hmm. And I went to a really small private school, and mm-hmm. I think that's definitely why I didn't have many friends. <laughs> yeah, I went to a small private school, too, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Didn't go over well. No, and it, and also, as you're in second or third grade, and, and you're doing really well, and these really unique opportunities are being presented to you, you don't really have a filter of what comes off as bragging right. and, and how to really be socially aware of other people's feelings mm-hmm. and so I was just like I have these sick opportunities you guys like I'm on a commercial I'm on t- like I'm doing all this cool stuff like thinking everyone's going to be happy for me yeah. and it's really coming from a place of real like real joy and, Pride. and and yeah and just yeah I'm doing something cool and so I think that weeded out quickly who are my friends and who weren't yeah but it's um, a, you know midwestern mentality of yeah like, don't stand too tall you know don't be too Fully. glamorous you think you're too big for this town. Fully. I, I could see all those things happen. Fully. Yeah. yeah. So I think through, yeah, through middle school and then through high school, it's kind of like, got it. Kind yeah. of got to be a little. You got to temper your. Yeah, excitement. But no, for me, it was never, growing up at least, it was never um, something that I was proud of because of how I looked, you know, or how like luxurious or lavish or glamorous the lifestyle was. It was mm-hmm. like, like I was proud of the fact that I had a job. Yeah. Really. And you have a skill. Like you have a trade or something that you're. It's the same as being on a sports team and doing really well and getting, yeah. you know, a highlight in the paper, which you're allowed to brag about. Like you could bring in your news clipping to school and people are like, wow, like you're the, you scored the game winning goal at state. Totally. But like for mod people are like, I think there's a little bit of enviousness or hundred percent competition. And I think about it now, especially in terms of like Instagram. I always come back to Instagram on this podcast because yeah. it's it sort of seems to go hand in hand with modeling and it's always evolving. But mm-hmm. like I post photos of my work. Because, A, it's good to have a portfolio on Instagram because yep. they're always asking for your handles now at castings and auditions. Yep. And, B, like, I'm really proud of it. Like, I'm yeah. proud of how far I've come as a model. I'm proud of how I've, you know, what kind of shape I've got my body into. Totally. And I want to share it because I'm proud of it. I'm not 
bragging. I'm just like, it's weird because my friends aren't like posting their spreadsheets or their PowerPoints. But look how dope this deck is that's that so I made. Funny. Yeah. But like, if they did, I would probably be like, awesome. You know? And if they're psyched on it, totally. Yeah. And it is as a career that you have to work at. You know, it's working out and it's eating well. And, yeah. And it's yeah, you're proud of these tears you get because the odds of getting booked are so slim. So slim. They're, the the percentage is so low. You know, so I, I mean, I'm with you, but I think it's definitely from the outside. You kind of have to moderate it a bit. And, and that's where a lot of the, you know, the preconceived notions about models being vain is because the only way you can see them is through their work. And it yeah. looks very superficial. But like Mike said, when he started working with models, he didn't realize that it's not just a pretty face. No, totally. And the thing about, like you're saying, like the thing about your work that made you happy wasn't that they picked you because you were pretty. But you did a good job. Yes. And like you were earning an income. Totally. You came from humble beginnings, so it must have felt yeah, good. Absolutely. Um, and so that's like that's kind of the whole deeper thing of this podcast is finding out the real motivations. And I'm yep. sure there are people who love just love seeing their face on you know, a magazine <laughs> cover and like that's it. But in my experience, not the case for most people. No, and I don't think that will get you very far. No. If that's the only reason. Unless you're, you're in just it. like striking. I don't know. I think there's yeah. some people who like the top point one percent of yeah. Beautiful people who, like, can just be the worst people in the world and get away with it. But otherwise, no. No, not, especially not in L.A. Yeah. Not here. Everyone's so pretty here. (laughs) (laughs) And just, like, pretty inside, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But so you modeled through high school and then you made the jump and came to L.A. Yeah. That was the hardest. One of the hardest decisions I've ever made. I remember really hemming and hawing over it with Mm -hmm. my parents and my older siblings. Because I had had this dream of signing with Wilhelmina. Yep. And the only reason I knew of them is because they were the pr- grand prize of America's Next Top Model. Okay. You win a, a contract with them. Yes, yes. So I remember, you know, my mother agency, Karen's, like I had said, they had a scout from Wilhelmina come out when I was 16 mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Yep. And the scout met with um, a bunch of local girls and, and she really was into my look. So I got this contract offer. And you know how it is when, when you get an agency yeah. contract. It does not guarantee you any work at all. Zero. Zero work. And even they, they'll put a clause in that says, like, if you don't book any work in three months, we can we drop. We can drop you. Which is terrifying, especially if you're moving to L.A. Totally. No clue. Like, no idea what's going to happen. A full yeah. leap of faith. So it was a lot of deliberation with my family and uh, and my friends at that point. And, yeah, so I, <laughs> I was terrifying. I graduated high school. And I moved straight away. Mm-hmm. You know, we were kind of like, this is going to work or it's not. I think the driving force was, I'll regret this if I don't try. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I was 17. I graduated high school. I will regret this if I don't. Right. You can I, always go back to college. You can... Oh, college will always be there. Yeah. And my parents were so open with that. And also, like, through high school um, in Minnesota, I had been fairly successful modeling. Mm-hmm. It was making, you know, it was so frequent to the point where I was missing so much school. Yeah. Um, I ended up uh, having to kind of finish high school early and start college courses online because I was had to kind of choose one or the other. Yeah. And so with doing college courses online, I had so much more time. I could I didn't have to necessarily miss classes right. in order to go to these these jobs I was booking. So the fact that I had done pretty well in Minnesota, um definitely gave me the motivation and yeah i mean you were a big fish in a small pond exactly. at that point. and i and was you so weren't aware. just you weren't some like doe-eyed kid being like i think i'm gonna go to la and make it as a model no like, it was like so from a, a business standpoint yeah. yeah my mom was very business savvy she was um, the breadwinner for our family so mm-hmm. you know for me again like knowing what the industry's like i was just going at it from a business standpoint and like yeah. all right 
let's give this a shot. I moved shortly thereafter. And yeah, moved into a model apartment in West Hollywood. <laughs> with Wilhelmina Models, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah, and I remember, this is funny. So actually, my older brother um, was living in LA at the time. Okay. So that was one one thing I had going for me, is I know at least my older brother's here. Which makes you more comfortable, it smooths the transition. <laughs> totally. You can beat people up if he needs to. A hundred percent. And he actually ended up moving back to Minnesota basically two months after I moved there. So he was kind of <laughs> like, hey, I'm... Let me ease you into the city, but yeah. I'm out of here. So yeah. it was definitely a good cushion. But my first day in LA, I was at the model apartment, borrowed my brother's car. Uh, I had booked a job. Where was it? I think downtown, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, never driven in LA. Only had my driver's license like a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> borrowed my brother's car. I go to my job. I'm feeling amazing. Yeah. First day in LA, I booked a job through yeah. Wilhelmina, psyching. Life is paying off. Yeah. American Girl doll all over. Everything's, yeah, everything's going my way. Yeah. I'm driving my brother's car home and I rear end somebody. Welcome to LA. <laughs> LA. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember opening the door to his apartment after I had told him I wrecked his car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like, trying to keep us like a sober face and and I open the door and he just hugs me and I just start weeping (laughs) and I was more so terrified of my older siblings ridicule of (laughs) you move to LA and you crash our brother's car like you're not gonna make it you're screwed Meanwhile, you're booking work and yeah. you're, you know, you're set up with Wilhelmina, which is the top tier of agencies yeah. in here in LA. <laughs> yeah. And I just keep going back to the fact that you had built up, I'm sure you had all kinds of great tears in your book and you knew how to do e-com and you knew how to do yeah, editorial and like whatever else you've been working in. Yeah. Luckily, um, I had gone, started with e-com in Minneapolis before I came to LA. So yeah. I knew the movements, um, yeah. you know, kind of knew the routine and, and what, and also just our job is so unique. We're just so vulnerable mm-hmm. and we're having to deal with so many personality types. And so having done that, kind of growing up doing that, yeah. coming to LA and being on set was, wasn't much different, honestly. I imagine the personalities were a little amplified. Yeah. Because the, you know, the totally. stakes are a little higher, the brands are more exclusive, photographers are more important. Yeah. The jobs are just cooler, bigger, more yeah. money. But I've always noticed about you that you have this like very welcoming energy. Like I've known mm-hmm. you for eight years. Yeah. Actually, probably since you were 18 and moved out here. Yes. And like, yes. you know, we, we've always seen each other out and about. Like, yes. And we've lived on different parts of town and there was some schism in our friend group. So we didn't always <laughs> hang out that much. But like every time I'd see you, you'd see us and greet us like in a way that I was like, does she think I'm someone else? Like she's being too nice. No like, way. Yeah. I always remember thinking like. I don't think she knows who I am. I think she thinks I'm a better friend. Because you're always so nice to me. I was like, I don't deserve this. That's really funny. Yeah, but I mean, that's a good way to go go through life is, you know. I always think about, I met a friend when I lived in Jordan. And every time I met him, he would would greet me with a handshake and this, like, this huge grin. Where he was just like, yes, I'm so excited you're I here. I love that. And I was like, why does this make me feel so it, how good? How good does it feel? And then I started doing it to people. Like, totally. if I was in a bad mood or like maybe they were coming in at a weird time, but like just being like, yes, dude, you're here. Like, yeah. people feel so good. Yes. And so disarmed. Totally. And that's the same energy I got from you Thank every time you. I saw you. Yeah, I, I think a big part of that is Minnesota nice. Yeah. For real. So that's like a real term. It's right? a real thing. Okay. Like, when I was moving, when I moved to LA, kind of driving around, I'm like, no, no, like, you, you can go, you can go in front of me and, yeah. and whoever I was driving was like, are you kidding me? Like, what, don't, don't let them in, yeah. you know, just driving is yeah, one it's thing. It's fine. Yeah. Well, everything's good. But yeah, no, nothing feels better than a warm welcome. And that's, you know, one of the best compliments I ever get is when people are like, you're not from LA, are you? 
And I'm like, no. Totally. Midwest, like good roots. Like yeah. I grew up running around in a creek and, yes. you know, playing, riding my bikes. And yes. It's just refreshing to, to realize that you're not just another douchebag. Yeah. Not to say that everyone's a douchebag, but. Well, in our, also in our industry, like, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of ego and it's a very superficial industry, yeah. which is fine. We signed up for it, but it is really refreshing when you meet people that yeah. are so welcoming. And do you think that's gotten you, I mean, obviously you've built, so I was talking with Mike about your relationship with Zappos yeah. where you went to Vegas three mm-hmm. to five days a week for years, which mm-hmm. is an amazing, <laughs> amazing job in the modeling industry because, you know, I have a few consistent clients, but it's, you know, a few days every few months, like every quarter. Yeah. So it's totally different. I was so privileged to have that job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it comes with waves of, of uh, I'm, I'm not auditioning in LA. I'm in Vegas three days a week. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting, you know, I'm not elevating my career. I'm not, you know, I'm kind of plateauing how it yeah. is, how it felt, but it's interesting because I crave that consistency mm-hmm. or I'm sorry. Cause yeah. Consistency. consistency yeah. yeah. I crave that consistency of, of work and, and our job every day is so different. You'll go downtown and you'll be, you know, locked up in, in a dungeon studio yeah. all day. And then the yeah. next day you're in Newport Beach and it's just, it's different crews, different, mm-hmm. everything's different all the time. And so I loved showing up to work and kind of feeling like an employee, yeah. like in having your mug. You guys want to call Are you kidding is, me? Yeah. And it yeah. was so fun. And I, you know, Mike had said, I met my, my best friends that I have. And mm-hmm. it was just, you know, seven of us models there all the time you yeah. know we go out at night together and we're just are they all in vegas or are they here no they were local some flew from new york i'm sorry local as in la so yeah. we were flying from la or new york to vegas they um and is that like logan and jess yeah and those yeah who are also just such lovely people <laughs> oh yeah so basically yeah. what you're getting at is that was the kind of job that you, you became such good friends with the photographers and the makeup artists and the stylists that when a new model would come in and they would give a little bit of attitude, yeah. they would kind of go to us and be like, did you see her? You know, kind of like, did you hear what she said? Was yeah. she rude to you? And we were able to give our two cents of, of it because you're in, in these studios for hours on end together. Hours, 10 hours. So if you don't have a good attitude and uh, if you're not a team player right. at that point, I mean, you're not going to get Did you see people kind of cycle in and out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember there was this lovely plus size model that worked there a bunch that we're all friends with Mm -hmm. and this newer model came in and she had kind of made a remark a kind of you know off-color remark to her and it was about her weight and we were just like all of us jaws dropped yeah and that girl never came back again of course not of course like it doesn't matter how pretty you are at all if a girl kind of came in and was you know, uh, kind of had this LA attitude. She's yeah. not coming back. It yeah, I mean, I, I can see that how you became good friends with the group of friends you did because I remember seeing pictures from your bachelorette party in Italy <laughs> where it's like you and four other models. <laughs> and it looked like, remember when like they filmed Ocean's Eleven and it was George Clooney and Brad Pitt and Matt Damon it was on, just ridiculous. on Lake Como? They had rented yes. a vacation house and people were like, they're having the best time in the world. It was the girl version of that. It's like you guys were filming Ocean's Eight or whatever. Yeah. And I had never met these girls until yeah. I came to a Christmas party at your house. Yeah. And I was super, I was like, these, like, they're going to be so like intimidating. But then they were this just like you. No, so totally. warm, so welcoming. Their boyfriends were like just as nice and just as attractive. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Totally. Are. It's crazy. <laughs> no, I know. And yeah, that's definitely how I've made some of my best friends. Yeah. I mean, also like it's, I'm sure some of your really good friends are models as well. Mm-hmm. So of course they're attractive, but you kind of stick to the ones that are 
homegrown like you. Yeah. Just polite, easy to work with. And then I end up getting booked a bunch more with these girls mm-hmm. because either we're friends or yeah, I mean, you're just people who have with. good chemistry instantly on set. Yeah. So like Zach, who I did the first episode with, our agency knows like send in Mike and Zach if you want like That's so awesome. a bromance because we can we can bring it totally immediately. Totally. And we look different, so we're not yes. competing for the same role. Yes. And it's so nice. It's it's so nice to find that recurring theme of the the models with the most longevity in their careers are just mm-hmm. the nicest people. Completely. And I think like none of us are really trying to be the next Heidi Klum, you know, yeah. we're just doing it. It's, it's just our, it's business. Yeah, journeyman, like, and I'm just so psyched to be an anonymous model forever, yeah. Yeah. you know, can kind of ride that out. And, and uh, the anonymity thing is huge. Like I just did that acting podcast and he asked me, you know, you're modeling, but like, do you want to be an actor? And I was yeah. like, to be honest, I don't think I do. Right? Because then you're somebody and it yeah. can and then you can quickly become nobody, right? Like yeah, I mean, the, then your there's face a pressure is, to it and like yeah. you have to constantly stay relevant and if this movie right. tanks then or it's like if I have a bad shoot and I don't vibe with the photographer, I don't know. I those images I'll never see them. I'll move on to the yes. next job. Yes. Learn from the experience. Hopefully yeah. it wasn't a disaster. But and it also allows me to just move through the world and do my thing like I'm a very private person same I right I want to like yes I mean and that's like part of my qualm with Instagram is like yeah it's it's that whole debate right of like you know we have to post images of ourselves mm-hmm. 90% of the inspo for makeup hair the whole vibe aesthetic of a shoot comes from my Instagram yeah however now I'm I'm really loving my privacy mm-hmm. and not posting everything I do and it's it's a real it's a luxury so it's So you find that they pull images from your Instagram for your kind of mood board to, yes. for your looks on set really all the time all the time uh. and and you know they go straight away to your Instagram at- Well cuz mine I always see mine and they're generally from my like my book. book on my agency's website that's private. Yeah. Something I struggle with is, you know, maintaining a portfolio on Instagram but not feeling compelled to post every day. Yeah. And I see models, like, they'll be doing one a day, one a day, one a day, and then they'll disappear. Yeah. And so you know everyone's struggling with it too. Yeah, it's it's hard. Because you run out of witty captions and like, how I do know. I post this picture that's like really egregious but not be a weirdo about I it? Know. You know. Here's my face again. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's you have to stay relevant. Yep. But I mean, I like I've been doing this before Instagram, so part of me wants to rebel and mm-hmm. be like, no, I can get work without this dumb app. Mm-hmm. Like I always have, right? And then you kind of give in and post a selfie or whatever yeah. because you want those relevant newer clients. Yeah. It's that double-edged sword. And I think having a good balance of this is my real life, this is my dog, this is my husband, this is our travels. Yeah. This is me looking gorgeous. Like, yeah. you know, you can you can make it look like you're a real person. Yeah, I mean, and, that's what that's what I think. But I know yeah. a lot of girls who it's just tons of selfies and photos of themselves. And I don't judge that because I get it. I went to someone's page today and it was only pictures of her face all at the same, like, focal length. So, like, yes. not, like, far away, close, <laughs> medium. It was just, like, headshot, 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 headshot. <laughs> yes, I've seen that. Yeah, and I was like, wow. I've seen that. Because a lot of people think about how their page, like their profile looks, Looks, you know, and how it like all comes together. That's a lot. I mean, I can't. (laughs) I know. But I mean, maybe it's working. Yeah, maybe. Who who knows? Maybe she's trying to book a beauty campaign, right? Yeah. (laughs) I know. It's not my thing. So, okay. So you get to LA at 18. (laughs) Yeah. Wilhelmina, first job out of the gate, wreck your brother's car. (laughs) And you test with Mike early on. That's true. Yes. And you guys have a budding relationship, which yes. is just so beautiful. Yes. I mean, what you, cause you have a very classic, like 
you didn't get scouted necessarily, but you mm-hmm. got into modeling super young in a smaller market, mm-hmm. built up your body totally. of work, moved to LA. And that's like what most people expect me to say is my trajectory or like any model, I think, is when they're like, oh, did you move out here for modeling? And it's like, no, nah, I fell yeah. into it. Yeah. So moving to LA at 18 and all the like youthful innocence that comes with that, like totally. what were the biggest pitfalls you encountered or yeah. things that made you maybe uncomfortable or things you realized were not as scary as they might have been? I think when I first moved and I was t- super into it too, was just going out all the time. Yeah. Right? I remember and like, like, we were like, does Emily have an ID? Can we get her in? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not that we ever did. No. We never drank anything. No, I, I don't drink. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you know, that's really funny actually reminiscing about that. Because yeah. I, I just remember it feeling like forever before I was 21. That's, yeah, three years. Yes, I know. And, and every birthday, I was like, this isn't the one, you know, like, <laughs> still can't drink. Um, no, so when I moved out, I was in a model apartment with two other girls, and we were super into going out. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, you kind of, you come out and you see, holy crap, there are celebrities everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, the stereotypes are true. Mm-hmm. You're, like, partying with them. And I think a pitfall that I dodged was getting too into that. Yeah, and, it's super available. And it's so available, especially if you're a model in LA, you are treated like royalty mm-hmm. in the nightlife scene. Mm-hmm. So I remember just back entrances, you know, to these clubs and, and free booze and, and handshakes with the, you know, most influential people in LA at the point before Instagram. So yeah. this is really how you did your social life was yep. by going out at night. You know, there was no DMs. There was no, yeah. there was no, um, you know, social media life. Yeah. My, my girlfriend now modeled a lot in LA back in like 2010 Yeah, and was like, like right she's like, moved. you had to be at certain places, certain yes. nights or like no one knew who you were. It, that's exactly and she's like, it. now everyone exists on Instagram and they that's just stay it. home every night. That's it. But like you had, like that was social media. Was yes. Clubbing. Yes. And being seen with the right people at the right totally. tables, at the right clubs. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And you kind of caught the tail end of that. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, it was really cool, you know, moving from Minnesota and doing that kind of stuff. But I, I realized quickly, you know, you can't, you can't show up to work out on two hours of sleep. You can't, yeah. you know, and, and then there's like, you gain weight. Mm-hmm. There's that whole nasty, you know, your skin gets bad. Yep. Tons of, it, I mean, it's just not good for you. Really. And you also just sort of lose sight of why you move, why you're here and what you're working towards. T- totally. And people, when you tell them you live in LA, they're always like, do you see celebrities? Are you friends with celebrities? Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you see them around. And like, if you want to be friends with celebrities, like you can make it happen. If you're yeah. an industrious person or a model or, totally. you know, but it's like, is that why you're here? No, totally. Could be. And that's, I think, what happens to so many people when they yeah. move here. It's kind of this, like, it's this amazing, glamorous, super attractive life. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is the nightlife. And, uh, and yeah, you lose sight of why you came, yeah. you know, and, and then you're not making any money. And then it's like this whole, you have to kind of get another job sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden you're just on plan B in LA. Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. How many real estate agents are here who are like, I'll just get my license while I'm working on acting. And then it's like, well, <laughs> I'm making money. Yes. yes. And like, that's the best case scenario. I saw this comedian once who was like, I moved to LA and I moved into my apartment. And I went out to the pool and I had a margarita and a joint and I woke up seven years later and I hadn't done shit. Totally. And like, that's a real yes. problem. And how many people do you know? Too many that yeah. I'm gonna, that I'd like to admit. Yeah. It's, um, 
it's it can happen so easily and yeah. I don't fault anyone who's super into going out at night or or doing that whole thing and, and also like I'm married like yeah. I'm very past that yeah but um you know I know a lot of models who are super into that life and that's cool and I get networking is really fun but again like I think I see this whole thing way more as a business and mm-hmm. something I really want to take seriously and um, you have to unless unless your brand is partying influencer or something totally. maybe you can make that work I don't know how sustainable that is. Yeah. Not my jam. My hangovers are too brutal these days. Yeah. Can't handle it. My liver can't take it. So. So that's, you know, that's obviously one pitfall that you luckily dodged. Yeah. Because you certainly have a more sort of, you never seemed like, I knew you were 18 or 19 mm-hmm. or 20, but you never seemed like, my sister's 19 and I Right now? Yeah. She's really? my half sister. So she's just finished her freshman year at University of Miami, oh, really? which is horrifying because it's just her in a bikini on Instagram. <laughs> But she's a really sweet kid, and Aww. I love her. I'm not Big brother. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, I couldn't imagine her being out here with, like, the group of friends oh, we ran around with, like, going to trips to Mexico and, like, I know. modeling. And, I mean, I knew Mike before I met you. Yeah. But, like, if my sister moved to L.A. at 18 and started dating an older photographer, I'd be like, no, I'm on a plane, like. Fully. I think know? all of my siblings and my parents had a total conniption. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was that happened. I think once they met Mike, yeah, exactly. though, you know, I think, oh, you're dating a photographer who's older than you in L.A. Mm-hmm. It sounds really it's scary. my career. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he's <laughs> taking pictures of me, yeah, you know. <laughs> no, I think, um, and that's obviously why I was really attracted to Mike is because he's so, you know, he's such a hometown mm-hmm. guy. And yeah. when I met him, I was like, wait, you you're the photographer. Are you sure? Yeah. You're like 10 years younger than any fo- dude photographer I've worked with. Yeah. You're so nice. You're so welcoming. You have no ego about you. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I'm from Philly. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Thank and he said. also shares that very measured approach to the business of creativity and yes. his hustle. And, totally. You know, he didn't leave Rip Curl until he his freelance was really going. Completely. And, yeah. And even the way you guys have, you know, you've both purchased homes and you're you know, improving them for resale value. And like, you guys aren't just playing flat, fast and loose. You're no. very smart. Um, Calculated decisions. Yeah. Totally. And looking at the long term because I mean, my, my agents have always said like, you're going to book more in your thirties. Like mm. as you start to get that young yes, dad thing, totally. like, you know, I've got the beard going and it ages me up a little bit. My agents are always like, yeah, we need to age you up. Is there a sense in the female modeling community mm. of like a shelf life? Is that? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think, it's something you can't really do forever. I think there's kind of an expiration date on modeling yeah. period. Yeah. Um, unless you're just a gorgeous grandmother, mm-hmm. you know, the white long hair. I mean, they're out there. There are, they are. 70 year old people in the agency, are. but you know, they, they probably are. have a side job. Or... Totally. And I think um, with my booker that I have currently, when I met her, it's kind of a funny thing to say to, to, and let's say I was 22, maybe she, a funny thing to say to a 22 year old model, but she was like, you know, I love your look. I think you're going to really be really successful when you're older. Yeah. And I was like, huh, yeah. what about now, Booker? <laughs> yeah, but I'm younger now. <laughs> yeah, I need to pay my bills, yeah. you know? Um, no, so I think uh, it definitely, there's definitely a shelf life. However, um, if you can pull that young mom thing, that's what I want to do. That's, yeah. that's and, and maybe I don't look it yet. Maybe you I probably do. Maybe I do, but I, that's all I want. I'm, I'm kind of over this, like, it girl, like, yeah. fast fashion sort of young. Yeah, I want the, the... It's fun. I mean, every time I'm on set, I've been getting a lot of, you know, young dad stuff. And yeah. Every time, both me and my 
quote unquote life or like we're too young for this our kids are too old this doesn't yeah. make sense yeah but like i mean i'm 32 so i could have a 12 year old kid i could easily have a no, six year old kid it's true yeah you know? and i think i you know i feel like when i was in my early 20s and i'd meet a 30 30 year old mm-hmm. female model i'd be like oh man like sucks for you your career's yeah. almost over right but you know now having female model friends myself who are 30 and and definitely me approaching yeah. soon um i feel like I feel like, you know, 30 is the new 20, for real, even I mean, in the modeling industry. The industry's changed a lot. It's I, not like, oh, you're 25, bye. No. You know, it's, oh, you're just getting good. I, I That's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, maybe how old I'm biased. I'm 26. You're 26. I, I mean, just turned. Because in movie land, yeah, like, you're cr- a person yes. who looks 26 <laughs> is a young mom. Like, you picture a real young mom in your head, and maybe she's a little bit older or, like, yeah. just doesn't, you know, look as put together because yeah. she's got three kids or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and she's got her hair up in a messy bun, but, like... But That's not heard. what you're trying to portray in, a, in an ad, you know? Right. But you've heard in the film industry, it's like if you're a female and you're 26 and you haven't made it, there's no hope kind of a thing. Yeah. And I just, I feel like maybe the modeling industry is a little more forgiving I because so. we're so, we're just anonymous. So it's like, what's making it? It's like, yeah, I didn't win an Oscar, but like. Yeah, that's true. I'm paying my bills just like. That's true. Moving around day to day. Yeah. And I, I actually, I agree. Like, I think my look will you know, really peak, I'm hoping, knock on wood, I'm, I'm hoping it peaks, you know, even after I have my first kid kind of a thing. And yep. I really am a young mom. Yep. Um, and I've been really lucky to be, uh, have been working quite a bit in my early 20s. Yeah. So it's it's worked. But I think for my look, I think I've kind of been growing into it for the better. Well, I will say know? that every time I have a wife or a girlfriend on set, they look like you. They're always oh. ethnically ambiguous. Yeah always like either right half asian yes. half black yes what if, you know you're just this like tan beautiful person whatever yes. you are you know yeah um all the time it's, yeah and that's so it. that's a very in-demand look and i just ran into a girl at a casting today who played my wife in a speedo ad and she has two kids and like yeah there's something about when you start to have kids and you go into a casting as a, de- a dad or a mom i think they love it you you're like I can, I can do this yeah like my girlfriend now has kids so i spend a lot of time around them yeah or more time around them and Boy. i went into an audition for young dad and i was like oh, i don't know i don't know and then i sat down with these kids at a table and i was like oh i know this like i know this <laughs> and i booked it because like I was, just, I was like i can do this i'm not scared of it i'm not like outside my comfort zone completely yeah, yeah. and i have a niece and um the few recent jobs i've booked where i've been a mom uh they're like how, so how are you with kids and mm-hmm. i'm like i i have a niece I actually do. I'm not just saying this on camera. Yeah. You know, I have a niece. I yeah. we play around. I I can do this. You know, and I'll I'll be like, oh yeah, last week I shot something with kids, and and I and I always get booked. Kind of when you bring up like a real life experience, they, they want that. Yeah, and they can tell. Like I've lied in a lot of auditions. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but I think when there's a genuine story and a genuine passion for whether it's children or they're like, they're like, tell me about your rock climbing. If I can yeah. really be like, oh, I just went to like Canyonlands National Park. We did these quarter cracks. And like, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, but we like you. You're fired. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I mean, I think that's what booked you on your Jim Bean. Jim Bean. Bean. My chocolate milk. Yeah, the chocolate milk. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, so I'm shooting the, the Jim Bean <laughs> print ad tomorrow, which is when I told them my favorite drink was chocolate milk in the audition. Drop which, of a hat. Yeah, which uh, Emily loved that story. That's so good. Um, I've just been in that situation so many times. Yeah. I feel like more often than not in auditions, I put my foot in my mouth and I kind of get flustered. And I think that's what shows, you know, you're real and yeah. you can kind of laugh at yourself. But... Well, I think, like, because you never know what question's coming. So today I yeah. had a, they were just like, what's a memorable date you went on? Oh, and then really? you're, you're kind yeah. of like, what's a date? What's a date? Uh, yeah. Who am I? 
what's that? Do I know a girl? Did you lie? <laughs> yeah. No, I just like, it, it took me a second and I came up with a good story, but I always try to just kind of like laugh as I think mm-hmm. just to like, cause they always want to see your teeth. They want to see your laugh. Totally. Cause sometimes they watch them. I've heard that casting directors and clients will watch them with the sound off. They're just looking at really? your face. Like, Ooh, that's good. So just like laugh Be and then be like, oh, dating, you know, I just, uh, <laughs> you could say you know, I was on the apps back in, and I went and then you get in the yeah. story. And, oh, sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I feel like you'd be like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Watermelon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. As long as you're smiling and laughing. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I mean, because Wilhelmina is primarily a print agency. Yes. Do you find yourself doing almost exclusively print do you do commercial stuff as well yeah i do so i'm also signed with a commercial agency in la Mm -hmm. and it's hard because i i model uh, a fair amount of print through through wilhelmina yeah so i'm i get auditions pretty frequently i would say maybe not actually for how often you're going out but maybe two times a week yeah and i can't make them because i'm because i'm working already so and it makes me I, i just I feel bad because it's like, all right, do I accept this check, right, with Wilhelmina? Or do I kind of take some time off and really focus more on commercials? Yeah. Um, but I, I did recently book um, a Target commercial through mm-hmm. Wilhelmina, awesome. though. Yeah. So, so yeah, I've, I've done a few commercials here in L.A. Yeah. But it's been, it's been through Wilhelmina. And that seems like, you know, with your look and your age, milk the modeling stuff. If you're working, like, always take a check. You take a check that, over an yeah. avail, over a callback, over an audition. Like I've had I days know. where I'm like, well, I have this small job and I have to drive to San Diego, but like, there's this Taco Bell audition. It's yes. like, don't even think like that. Like the odds of you getting that, like I know, Taco Bell, and that, there's so many steps between you and that Taco Bell. And then there's national. the, and then it's like the callback, second callback. Yeah, it's avail, the fitting. fitting. Totally. Did you make the cut? Are you in the edit? Are you going to get yeah. the residuals? Like, no, take the check. Give someone else Taco Bell. Like, yeah. They're just, like, I mean, don't be greedy. Totally. That's yeah. what I've done. But also, like, you're kind of being greedy by taking the check. No. You're <laughs> no, booked. Like, they no. want you. you. I'm kidding. For yeah. sure. No. I I always... And that was, like, kind of the double-edged sword of Zappos was, all right, I'm taking this, like, amazing check. Like, every week, you mm-hmm. know, for years, I'm missing out on my growth in L.A. Yeah. You know, but... Because I remember you came to me asking about commercial auditions yeah. because yes i mean print models you you may go to go sees or castings but they're it's mostly a look yeah and there's a lot of size requirements and some personality to it but mm-hmm. it's not the same as commercial auditioning which is a skill it is that you have to learn <laughs> and you have to get good at yeah um and i think piece. you have time to like you know squeeze the juice out of modeling and then then you can really get good at you know get those young mom commercials yeah um, but do you like have you found it difficult to go into commercial auditions? Honestly, so you recommended a commercial class. Yeah, which Killians. Was, yeah, yeah, which I did. Yeah. And I have never felt more exposed. It's, <laughs> a, it's an interesting class. Vulnerable in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I every week I would go, I was so honestly proud of myself for doing something that made me so uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah, I booked a commercial soon, like right after. Yeah, because you just know what they're looking so for. So funny. It's the magic of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, what was the question? I don't know. Just like, you know, as a model who just gets booked all the time, maybe a lot of direct bookings, mm-hmm. and then you go into these auditions, oh, yeah. and it's like a yeah, totally yeah, yeah. different beast. Yeah, that's true. However, I think I'm going into a lot of auditions that are not speaking, mm-hmm, so yeah. it's pretty similar. It's the same amount of intensity and intimidation uh, of a room full of people you don't know, doing something yeah. weird, 
Yeah. You so know, play music and dance. Yeah. Guard in the morning. Guard down. Yeah. yeah. And I had to once recently um, wake up in bed. A, a dog is waking you up in bed by licking your face. Mm-hmm. Go. And I'm standing. And I, I'm like, do I start with my eyes closed? Yeah. Can I lay down? <laughs> yeah. No chair. It was so awkward, but I booked it. Yeah. Because you have a dog, so you probably know what that's like. And I remember like, oh, doing these weird like motions like, oh, stop, stop. Like a dog was looking my face. And I heard like a chuckle from the couch. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and also I said I was from Minnesota and, and they were from Minnesota. So they, yeah. liked, they liked that. I think those sometimes those little connections... Totally. Like, I booked a PetSmart commercial because the guy was like, do you have a dog? And I was like, yeah, I have yeah. a black lab, Great Dane. And he's like, I grew up with Great Danes. And I was like, you're my guy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> How good is that? Yeah. When you kind of know it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, the, the intimidation is the same for me, at least what I'm being offered audition-wise. And, uh, I mean, I definitely want it more. I want commercials more because they pay way yeah. more. So I, I think I'm a little more nervous in, in commercial auditions, but... It's the same vulnerability. Yeah. Your guard is, you know, up. You're trying to pretend it's down. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. So, I mean, like, I can see, you know, you've got this modeling. You've done this, the e-commerce stuff. You've built, mm-hmm. you know, a good financial yeah. um, structure, scaffolding. I don't know. Yeah. And then you can kind of get into more commercial stuff as you yeah. enter young mom zone. But then sure. what's the... What's, what's the, next? What's next? So, I really, you know, it's... I was listening to your podcast with Steph and it's, you guys were like, yeah, it's so nice to have other things going on, other hobbies, other Mm -hmm. things to keep you busy when you're slow. And for me, I'm like, crap, like when it's slow, I'm just trying to recover from the grind of e-com and like the grind of, you know, lookbook or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then, uh, and then kind of getting right back to it. So for me, I mean, you work a lot, so it's not like you work a day and then have two weeks off. No, yeah. No, and, and I'm really I'm really thankful for that. But yeah, no, so back to the seven year old question. Yeah. I was designing and I would my dream job is to start my own line. Really? And it's dropping next month. No, just kidding. Um Find me on Apple. Here's the plug. <laughs> yeah. No. So that's that's definitely my dream. It's hard though to manifest and to bring to fruition when you're just working yeah and, and it's funny because like i don't identify as a model yeah but what else you know I, it's my it's my nine to five i mean what do you tell people when they ask what you do i say i'm a model yeah it's it's one of those things that it feels so weird to say so weird it's so weird but like you know i've tried the whole you know what i actually do sometimes in my girl <laughs> it's funny because like flying back from jobs when i'm with my girlfriends who are obviously clearly also models mm-hmm you know, they'll ask us what we do and we're like, oh, we work in, uh, we work in visual advertising or marketing or something yeah. like that. And sometimes they'll like guess, like, do you mean you're a model? And we're kind of called out. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I was working on a production and I was on yeah. a shoot and they're like, what were you doing? Yeah. Like, Why do you care? Yeah. Stop asking. Well, it's no. interesting. It's like, I remember being on the outside. I mean, you've been in it since you were eight. Yeah. But you know, it is interesting. That's first, true. Like you're a model. Like it's true. I remember when I moved to LA. Actually, I was on a business trip before I even moved to LA. I was at a bar playing darts, and these guys were like, "Can we play darts with you?" And I was like, "What do you guys do?" And they said, "We're screenwriters." And I was like, "Oh my god! Like you write yeah. movies?" And then you moved to LA. It's like, yeah, everyone's everyone. A <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yes. But that's, that's true. I guess first it, encounter, you're like, whoa, like yeah. that one. It depends on where you are, right? Yeah. If you're in LA, it's kind of embarrassing because everyone's a model. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm like a working model. Like, yeah. I, I bought this house because I'm yeah. a model. Like, I'm not just an Instagram model, right? Exactly. Um, 
or if like you're on a plane flying from Nebraska mm-hmm. to like Ohio and they're like, what do you do? You know, then you can kind of, yeah. then I think it's interesting to talk about. Yeah. But you know, I, I would love to, I would love to start a line. That's kind of my dream. So intimidating with how saturated the industry is. Everything's saturated. I know. Podcasts are saturated. I know. Just gotta do it. I know. Yeah, we'll see. That's what I would love to do. Yeah, I I think, you know, model as long as I can and kind of get that going, uh, designing going. But yeah. I mean, you've definitely, you've done it from the inside out. You've been inside the clothes. Now you can I know, that's, design them. I think that's like my, my angle is yeah. like, hey, I've tried on every piece of clothing that some exists. really nice stuff. And some great stuff. And some really crappy stuff. Yeah. I can design and I'll make what you wear feel amazing. You well, trust me. You don't have to try on a million things. I've already done it. Yeah. So I put on 60 pairs of pants in a day. I know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. But it's like uh, when I studied architecture in school, they said the best architects often have construction backgrounds mm-hmm. because they know mm-hmm. what the construction workers need from a plan. Yeah. You know, so like if you know what people who wear clothes need, you can design them better. Completely. Honestly, that's kind of how I feel. And yeah. I've just loved like fashion and clothing my whole life. I've been yeah. kind of like the kookiest dressed girl in Minnesota. Always made my own weird stuff in high yeah. school. Just such a weirdo. You're destined for LA. Honestly. Where you're not kooky at all. <laughs> I know, so normal <laughs> for LA. Normal's good. But wait, I want to talk about um the Robo models really quick. Oh quiet. yeah. No, just so because we, yeah. just because that really interests me when you ask me about that. So I have a client who they had three working bays for real life models mm-hmm. and they have transferred two of them over to green screen, green floating mannequin. So now there's only one working live model bay. Yeah. Right. So these two green screen floating avatar creepy. So it's a physical mannequin. That's it's hanging. a physical model uh, mannequin. Yeah. yeah. It's and it's like head is hanging kind of like hangman. Yeah. It's from Sweden. Okay. And oh boy. They have good design there. I know. It's, <laughs> it's kind of troubling. So basically their goal is to do everything on mannequin because models are so expensive. Right. And when I asked about their productivity, they were like, we've only done two before lunch, two pieces of clothing. Yeah. So the workflow is not there. No. They're hoping to get a hundred in a day, which, which is, is a big day. very hard yeah. for a, a real model who's putting yeah. on clothes. So it's really interesting because this green screen model, they are a mannequin they Photoshop a face onto it. And I just saw two weeks ago when I went, I kind of looked at the computer and was asking questions. They have like eight different models, uh, faces. And I was like, who are these models? They're from Sweden. Mm -hmm. And they Photoshop their faces in post into, into (laughs) it's literally like avatar. It's like the movie avatar. A hundred percent. It's so creepy. And, but do the models have, is it just one fixed pose or do they, so they move that style and move them and like we do. Yes. They do that for them. And I'm just like, there's no way this can be as productive as a life as a live model. Right. But it seems expensive. It seems. And the whole rig, it looks and is so expensive. And they've bought, they've bought out these, the real models that have taken front side, side back photos from yeah. Sweden yeah. I found out and I guess they're just getting a buyout for like the front of their face inside of their face they should get like a, a royalty uh, every time yeah anyway I'm not as terrified as I think I should be about robots taking our jobs but... I mean good I mean my my booker I sent her the video and was kind of laughing at it and I'm like well I'm actually losing this client like they're actually going to be done using real models yeah like actually so 
I'm actually losing my client for okay. real. At the end of the summer, they just, they said, which is... I who mean, is it? Can you say who it is? It's fine. Um, I don't know if I can. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Because <laughs> I, I didn't sign an NDA or anything, but... Uh, like, have you seen the final product on their website or anything? I haven't. I've just seen it on the computer. And they said it looks kind of weird with, like, shoes because yeah. to get the toes and, like... like I mean, if you sample. think about, like, when I do Levi's stuff and it's, like, chin down... Yeah, totally. It's on rack. They're, yeah. they're like they don't care like they just want to see the clothes like they, yeah they, like, it's true and it, it does make it makes sense right? i don't have to photoshop like, any of my scars or tattoos or but they have to photoshop on like arms and <laughs> i don't know what's better <laughs> i'm sure there's just tech guys who are geeking out about it it's like everyone bought a drone and now everyone wants to be a drone operator yeah. but like they're not always useful so yeah i'm sorry that you lost the job yeah though. it's okay um they were they're actually a recurring client like a pretty steady recurring client it's it's totally fine um it was kind of not a hassle, but it's definitely a trek. No, but my booker was kind of like, don't worry. They've done this before. They'll be back. They're going to be back to real models. I mean, honestly. they crawling back to Yeah, you. the productivity is so low. I'm just like, dude, I can I can crank out 100 in a day if you yeah. need. All right. What's your, say, I don't know. I want to say if like some 18-year-old moves to LA, wanting <laughs> to be my model, but like. Yeah. Maybe for models in the, you know, the 18 to 24 range. Like yeah. what's. What's your best piece of advice? Be a team player. Yeah. Come to set. Be easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Warm welcome. Warm, friendly welcome. Uh, yeah, I honestly just if you're if you're self conscious like you and Mike were talking about. Yeah. If you're uncomfortable, you kind of have to fake it till you make it because yeah. I think as a model, you that can come across as being a diva, mm-hmm. and it can come across as kind of being you know, on a high horse. And I mean, I think we get the stereotype coming into set as being paid really well, kind of being there for what we look like. So I mean, if you ever get the situation where like you're in line for lunch and maybe a grip's like, Oh, you're talent. Like you go ahead. I mean, of course you're more important. And you're like, no, I'm not like, no, totally. Like exactly. A situation like that. Like, no, like I'm part of the team. Like I talk to everyone. Like I talk to grip. They're the best and they're the nicest. Like, you know, I, we're all doing the same thing. Like, yeah. So I think that's that's my best piece of advice, and I would say that's what bought me this home. Honestly, is just being a team player and like being so easy to work with. Yeah. And like just loving people and not being above them, just because it's like our face or whatever. No, it's, it's we, that's a, that's the biggest trap. Yeah. Don't ever start thinking like that. No. And, and if you're out there, don't do it. <laughs> and like you said, we know the least on set. Like yeah. we really are. We're just like part of the team, you know, just, mm-hmm. just. And to the insecurity point, like, yeah, people probably don't even notice if you're insecure or mm-hmm. nervous. So just like you said, fake it till you make it. Yeah. Because everyone else is focusing on them. And unless they pull you aside and say like, you know, do you need something? It looks like you're a little uncomfortable. Like <laughs> totally. just keep going. Yeah. You know, and if the work stops, maybe readjust, but yeah. otherwise if it's not broke, don't fix it. And be like, just be thankful in a saturated yes. market to be getting work and like, honestly, do and the I, best. yeah, and I think that's why like you've had so much success. You know, I've learned a lot from you. You and Mike have been real mentors for me. It's really amazing how far you've come. Yeah, thank you. For real, like when you took those photos in the alley in Venice. Yeah, that's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. I love how far you've come. It's it's been fun. It's a good attitude too. You know, like we're just part of part of the puzzle, just a small piece. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you, Emily. Thank you. This was a pleasure. Likewise. Bye, kids. Ciao.